little sheep and bring them back to the pen? Because I think they belong in here, don't they? So why don't you two go together and see if you can find some sheep. You don't have to get all of them, but maybe find a few. Those of you who have, are in currently possession of sheep, you might like to surrender them. <laughs> Would you like to go and get some? Why don't you guys go together? Why don't you go with them? And... You've got so many already. And why don't you three go and gather up some there? Let's have some sheep gathering. They're far too valuable to leave them out there all lost and alone and stuck under chairs. Perhaps if you have a sheep, you might like to say, Bear! I'm getting inspired now, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, that's just perfect. Thank you very much. Shall we put it in the pen? Do you want to put it in the pen with the other sheep? There we go. Thank you very much. Now, if you'd like to just wait here a second, because you've been such good little shepherds. Thank you. Would you like to put it in the pen? Uh, You can just put it down next to the other one, if you like. So we have gathered in lots of little sheep. And one thing that Jesus says is that the labourer is worthy of his wages. So, I think you all deserve your wages. So there's a gold coin, and a gold coin for you. Oh, there's loads. No need to panic. There you go, sweetie. And there's one for you, and one for you. And Anne, you definitely deserve your wages. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Okay, thank you ever so much, our little good shepherds. Give it a round of applause. Now, you may be looking at this sheep pen and thinking, well, it's got some lovely sheep in it, and we now know more about Donna. Um, But it's a little bit useless because it hasn't got a front. You may or may not know this, but actually, in Jesus' time, shepherds used to build a pen. It would, rather than being like this shape, it would have like a side, a side, and a side. So it's most of a square but no front. And so there was no front. That's where the sheep could come in and out. And the idea was that the shepherd himself at night time would literally lie down on the ground to seal the pen. So when Jesus says, I am the gate, it suddenly starts to mean quite a lot. When you realise what he was saying is, I am the one who will literally lie down across here to protect my flock because I will not let anybody get to them and anyone to scatter my beloved sheep and that's how much he cares about us. So Jesus is the gate just as those shepherds would have been a gate. Now something I would love to do this morning since we're looking at this, this good shepherd and I don't know about you but I would like to know what goes into making a good shepherd. What is a good shepherd? Jesus goes to great pains to talk to us about what a good shepherd is is I'd like to make one. And I wonder if I could have another volunteer. Ben, come on down. Give him a hand. (laughs) 
And I wonder if I could have another little group of shepherd helpers. Yep, off you come. Brilliant. The more the merrier. And half the church come forward. <laughs> Mind yourself on the cable, actually. Oh, brilliant. Hello. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Right, so Ben, would you like to stand here next to the sheep pen? And prepare yourself. <laughs> no, it's fine. Especially. Now, I'm just going to stand over here. Because I've got my note. Right. Don't squeak. So, what makes a good shepherd? Jesus gives us some clues as to what makes a good shepherd. Well, first, I think the good shepherd deserves a headscarf, doesn't he? So, Becky, if you look behind you... There is an authentic headscarf there with a band, and I think that we should put that on Ben. There you go. Yeah, go for it. So here we go. The first part of the process is the putting on of the headband. Now, while Becky's doing that, there's something written on it, Becky. What is it? Marvellous. Okay. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. This is the first thing that we are told about the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd knows each of his sheep. And what this means is that rather like us with our most beloved pets, we can look at them and if they look quite similar, we actually know which one is which. Just by looking at them, we can tell which shepherd is which. Already looking fabulous over there. And Jesus says that actually it's like that with a shepherd, but it's also like that with us. He is our shepherd and he knows us not only by looks, but also by name. He knows us so well, all of our little idiosyncrasies, which means like little special things about us, all our characteristics. And he knows our history and he also knows all those bits of our hearts that we keep hidden from other people as well. He knows us that well and he loves us. So the first thing we know about a good shepherd is that he knows us by name and he's calling us into a relationship to be with him. Now, I think the next thing our shepherd needs, I wonder if some of you guys maybe could do this, in fact they might need a little bit more help, is I think he needs a robe, doesn't he? He's going to get very cold up on those hills. Is there anything robe-shaped? Oh, surprise, surprise there is. Now, do you think that between a few of you, you could try and put that on Ben? Lovely. Off you go. Give it a go. Now, while Ben is being dressed in his fabulous robe, there's something written on that as well, I think. Can anybody see what it is? The good shepherd, apparently, is not a hired hand. We might wonder why that matters particularly. Well, the thing about a hired hand is that a hired hand doesn't actually... So I'm standing right in front of you, aren't I? A hired hand doesn't actually own the sheep. He's actually hired for money to look after the sheep. And the reason that matters so much is that it means that when a wolf turns up, the hired hand thinks, oh, sorry, not paid for this. This is too high a price. I'm out of here. This is getting a little bit dangerous. And the hired hand will run away. He's only paid to look after these sheep. 
The good shepherd isn't a hired hand because he owns the sheep himself. He's not actually paid any money. So when the wolf comes or anything comes to attack his beloved sheep, he doesn't run away. That's the big difference. He stays with the sheep and he actually defends them, even if it means taking them on himself. So we are Jesus' sheep and we can know that he wants to protect us from all those things in life that try to attack us or frighten us and make us scared. So, so far we know that the good shepherd knows his sheep by name and that he is not a hired hand because actually he owns us and he is not going to run away when things get scary. Now, I think something rather obvious at this point is missing from our good shepherd. I think he needs a shepherd's crook. So, would some of you guys like to go and uh, grab that, look at that thing over there? Can you see that stick thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Marvellous. Now, you have your shepherd's crook. Some of you may remember that when the Bishop of uh, Southwark was here, he had a shepherd's crook. Actually, he lent it on the back wall as well. And the reason why bishops have that is as a symbol of the fact that they are following in Christ's steps as the shepherd of the flock and that their duty is to look after all of us. And they do that through various ministers. So that's why they have a crook as well. They're like the shepherd too. And I think there might be something written on the crook, isn't there? Do you want to read it out to us or someone else read it out? (laughs) Share it out. The good shepherd has other sheep that are not of this pen. So this is the next thing that Jesus tells us that makes up a good shepherd. He has sheep that are not of this pen. Now, Jesus' ministry changed over time. He was Jewish and he was from the line of David. He dutifully worshipped his father in the temple, which was the amazing building in Jerusalem, the point of worship. He often went up to Jerusalem for the Jewish festivals and he knew the Torah, which is the Jewish law, extremely well, which is why he was so impressive in debate. He preached in the synagogues as well, so very much emerged in the Jewish culture. But as time went on, he began to proclaim that salvation would also be open to the Gentiles, to non-Jews. Salvation through Christ was going to be open to anybody who would have a relationship with him because Christ now was the gate and that was the way to God. So God was opening this gift of eternal life to all his created people, which is surely very good news. So when Jesus says, like it's written on the, the uh, cross, uh, I've forgotten what it's called. Someone help me. Chris, thank you. I have other sheep that are not of his pen. When Jesus says that, he is partly saying, wow. <laughs> he is partly saying that he has other sheep who are Gentiles and that he also needs to gather those people into this pen so that there is going to be one flock and one shepherd. That's really powerful. Jesus is saying, do you know what? We have a pen here. We have people who know God. We have God's chosen people. But actually, salvation is going to be open to everybody. 
I have other sheep who are not part of this flock and I want to bring them into this flock so there will be one flock and there will be one shepherd and I am going to be that shepherd. And I think that Jesus' words should make us stop and think even now before we start saying, therefore, that certain people are in or out when it comes to the kingdom of God. Like when we point at other Christians and say that their way of doing things is a little bit funny, not quite right, or not quite how we think it should be done. And I want to add another character sort of into the story, because I I was thinking about this for a little while. Because I think it's very tempting for us to actually turn into sheepdogs. To try to organise the sheep into groups, to say, this group are in, and this group are out, and in that way to tidy up the sheep pen. I think that's a very human thing to do. To bark at people and say, if you're a true follower of the shepherd, you would be like this. You would be behaving yourself over there in that group. Or you would be jumping nicely through hoops over here in this group. But the thing about sheepdogs, as we all know, is that they're meant to follow the whistle of the shepherd. It's the shepherd who gives the instructions. And the good shepherd is telling us that there are other sheep who are not of this pen. So our good shepherd has set us this example. He wants us to gather up all of his sheep into one fold, to have him as the one shepherd, and he wants us to love one another and to get over our differences as much as we can so that we can all be part of that one flock. And you know why he wants us to do that? It's in the reading. It's because that relationship is like the one that he has with his Father in heaven. They are so together and so in love with one another. And God wants us to live like that together as well. Are you getting hot? I know exactly how you feel. (laughs) It's very warm under there. Well, I think that our good shepherd needs one last thing. Now, which of you hasn't dressed up then a little bit yet? Fabulous. There's one last thing on that table. I wonder if you guys could go. If you haven't done this yet, if you grab the last thing that's left. It's not that. It's that thing over there. If you'd like to go with Let's go together. Oh, marvellous. And there's something written on the top of that crown as well. Can anybody read what it says? The Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Interesting combination. (laughs) Most Palestinian shepherds would have understood the importance of looking after their sheep. So when Jesus was saying that to them, they'd have thought, yep, we look after our sheep, we lie down there at night time and we make it into a safe place for our sheep. But when Jesus started talking about the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, you could bet that some of them would have been sat there thinking, what? Gone a bit far there, I think. I love my sheep. I'll go a long way to catch them out of some place they've fallen into. But uh, lay down my life for those sheep. The shepherd actually die to look after those sheep. But we are the sheep. And Jesus, our good shepherd, loves us enough to die to set us free from our enemies. And who, we might think to ourselves, are our enemies? Well, our enemies are not other people. We have to learn to love them. Our enemies are fear and death and things like that. 
And a bit like those wolves that used to come and try to attack those sheep, fear and death used to be the predators in our lives, like the wolves coming to scatter the flock. But Jesus has died to protect us. And why would he do that? Well, because he loves us so much and he doesn't want us to have to fear those things. Jesus, our good shepherd, has died to protect us and in dying he was able to confront death and then his father could raise him back to life again. So Jesus, this is the great mystery, has defeated death and now all of us who believe in Jesus can also be raised to an eternal life with Jesus as well. So Jesus has died to protect us from the wolves, which are like consequences of sin, it's a bit for the adults, and from death. And now we can live knowing that God unconditionally loves us enough to do that for us and that we're forgiven whenever we ask God for that forgiveness. So Jesus died to protect his sheep and then he was raised by his father where he is now. And if he's raised and is now with his father, then he is the king of heaven, which is why our wonderful good shepherd here this morning is wearing a crown. And if you look at Ben, I think it's important that you actually do feel a bit of like, huh, how does that fit together? Because that is a radical message, isn't it? That this very humble person out in the field, someone who, in Jesus' example, took on the care of vulnerable creatures like, like us and loved us that much, is now the king of heaven for all time. And that's why we praise him and make him the king of our lives. Well, I think we should give our good shepherd a big round of applause. Thank you, good shepherd. Thank you to everybody who came and helped dress up our fabulous shepherd, who's now divesting himself of his garments. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your help. Do you want me to take those from you? Thanks, man. There we go. So this is our amazing Good Shepherd. And the point is that to really actually to get to know Jesus and to benefit from everything that our Good Shepherd has done for us, we have to get ourselves into a relationship with him that's getting deeper and deeper. We have to learn to let him become the king of our lives and to be the shepherd whose voice we're always listening out for, knowing that he already knows all of us by name and loves us very much. And that relationship can be as simple as saying, God, I love you and I want to get to know you better. And Jesus hears those prayers. Um, I want to just add one thing in, actually, because I thought of it a little bit earlier. Um, when you were coming in, some of you, and I was giving you cotton wool balls, when I gave it to adults, this isn't anyone particular, I just noticed this and I thought it was really powerful. Most powerful things happen very quietly, like when other things are going on. And uh, when I gave it to the adults and said, here's a sheep, they were like, yeah, all right, Donna, fine, okay. But, and there was a look of, oh, like frown, the sheep, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Cynical look. Fair play. <laughs> I gave it out to several children and they looked at me as I went towards them and when I placed it in their hand and said, it's a sheep, their face went like this. <laughs> oh, it's oh, fabulous. I've got a sheep. 
And I, and I was really, it really reminded me of when Jesus looked at the little children and said, unless you have faith like one of these. And I thought that's the point in that moment. I could really see something that that's the kind of transformative vision that God is calling us to. That when he says the kingdom of heaven is like this, we say, ah, okay. And it's not ignorant, it's not naive, it's not all those other things the world would like to tell us it is. It's faith and it's beautiful and it's trust and it's the beginning of growing into the greatest wisdom. Hello. Anybody who wants to visit the sheep pen, feel free. Hello. How are you? Come here. Do you want to help me pray? Come and help me pray. Okay, look, let's read it together. Now we're going to pray. If she ends up ordained, it's not my fault. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to read this. Look. So let's all pray. Will you say amen with me? Thank you, Good Shepherd. Help us to hear your voice, your call on our lives. Thank you for protecting us, even for dying for us. Thank you for loving us that much our shepherd and our king. And let's say amen, yeah? Amen. Thank you. First piece of public ministry, Mark. (laughs) Should we go back now? Should we go back now? Gosh, you're far more calm than I am up here. I'm terrified. She's fine, isn't she? (laughs) Bye. That's all, folks. Just a reminder that tickets for the big jubilee lunch are available outside. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.